All right, you crazy fuckers. Let's let's have a very a podcast together. Aye, aye. We're yeah. here with Mare, the specialist of guests. Mm. <laughs> the most special. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. We didn't know you were real till now. Honored. <laughs> you fucking came into our life like a fucking tidal wave of love and inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You know it. I mean, you guys did too. Yeah. It's been like experiencing the planet Venus for the first time. It's mm. magic. Mm-hmm. You told us that, and I was like, that's a goal. That's something that I'm going to rise to the occasion on that <laughs> one. I want to rise to the occasion on that one. I love I love it because like, we hung out, and you're like, oh, no, it was a good time to hang out because of the stars, and like it's very... You know, the first time we were like, fuck, because we were on our sober November when we first Day yeah, That's one. right. That's right. <laughs> Day <laughs> one. We're like, we're not doing anything this November. Shit has been out of control. We got to uh, fucking ground down. And then this one comes over. Mare. Mare the artist. The musician. The muse. The muse. Well, and I, I told you, I felt you being anxious about to meet me when I was in my place. Like, I felt like... Mm. Are they are they freaking out because they're gonna be sober meeting me? But I just came into it being like, even if they are, like I know I'm gonna turn them around. Yeah. Like, oh, we're totally. gonna have such a fucking good time sober. It's not even gonna be a thing. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and and we had such a good time. I'm like, <laughs> is this gonna be crazy doing drugs with this girl? Yeah. Like this is gonna be really fucking fun. You're the reason we broke sober November like two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry whoever those friends are. I really fucked that plan up for y'all. <laughs> no, it's like every, everyone's sobriety. It's a very personal thing. It's yeah, very it's personal. Very personal. And so for some reason the second time we hung out we were like we need to do molly together yeah we just need to take this all the way like you know like start (laughs) from like a a loving high and then you just like have the rebalancing of everything that i don't know that it was crazy it was such a good choice though Mm, yeah so mare's here she's in our podcast Finally. We fucking convinced you. No, finally. it's like we hang out with you all the time, and you're like the most interesting person in the world. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and we're like, um, okay. We got like nothing else to talk about. Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're trying to do podcasts not talking about how we're hanging out with you all the time. And we're like, okay, what are we up to? Uh, I guess we smoked toad. Uh, what else happened this what year? What else happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a whirlwind. And. Of you know, of course, like everything came at the perfect time for me, not just you guys too. Mm. After the great exodus of New York, and most of my close <sighs> friends had left, yeah, and I was p- feeling pretty stuck in the labyrinth here um, with the place that I'm in, not being able to leave, and because mm. uh, you own that place. Because I own that. I was not going to say that. You own that. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Otherwise, you would have been one of these people, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to come across as anything, but yeah, no, I'm really stuck into that situation and yeah, happy it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And you're working on, um, music, which that's what we've been competing for your attention with, uh, with music. And like, at least at first I was being very delicate about that. I was like, I'm, ner- I'm nervous to fucking text this girl cause you're so committed and I get it. I've been there with, yeah. with projects. Yeah. Like I, I get yeah. it. But, uh, the level of commitment and detail and fucking scrutiny like it's it's insane and but your stuff is it's fucking brilliant we get to hear the demos we get to hear the raw we get to hear mm-hmm. you writing the songs <laughs> yeah it's true it's true you're like the first dose yeah. try to inspire some of them yeah totally oh lubricant. absolutely song absolutely. lubricant <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i my ear has been very pressed on the muse's door and you guys have only made it louder mm. Um, 
yeah, it's just but this whole year has been my year of the hermit, my year of the seven. Mm. And I don't know without the literal apocalypse happening if I had given myself the time and space that I have forced upon myself this year to commit to music and mm. stray from the other art forms that I was really committed to for a long time. Such as? Such as, um, well, mainly tattooing. Mm. was my bread and butter. And I think because it's so easy, because I have a client base and I could just do it for eternity... Um, it's hard to say no to money, but at the yeah. same time, it's like you need that space to do what you really love. So I really had to jump off into the deep end and just be, you know, hope that spirit would catch me mm. and say, this is what I feel like I should be doing now because all of my emotions and all of the other signals from the universe were telling me this is what I should be doing. Mm. And you just have to hope that the money will follow. So far, Ooh. it's worked out this year, you know. Mare, it's yeah. so commendable because like we fancy ourselves these type of people. But a commercial comes along and we're like, we'll do it. We gotta do it. <laughs> like, we gotta do it. Right? To the point where half the time we're like, please let a fucking commercial come into our life right now. I know we hate it, but please, we gotta fucking do it. Yeah. But to see you walk away from, not, I mean, I don't know if you've walked away from it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But kind of turn, turn a little bit away from a craft that you're renowned for and so good at, can charge top dollar for. You're killing it in New York City at the tattoo game. And you're like, yeah, the kind of places where my the, the celebs go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You see celebs. You see Justin Bieber, <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely spend a bunch of time trying to get really good at that. And anything that I do, I spend a bunch of time, you mm. know, um, sharpening my blades and making sure that I deserve to be in the arena that I'm competing in. Mm. Um, and that most of that has stemmed from, you know, just deep holes of self-loathing you know, feeling like a necessity to prove myself, but I feel aware of it that I feel like it's, I can use it for good motivation. And mm. it's interesting that the awareness never really changes the force of it. Mm. You know, like the more that I try and unpack, like how much attention I need in this life, right. As you describe it, Cass, like it doesn't make me need it less and yeah. almost like make me want to lean into it more, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels like this really ambiguous macrocosmic love, that kind of work to me. It's not necessarily specific and personal, but it's really intimate. Mm. It's really intimate in the way that I'm deep diving into myself and then, you know, trying to present it in an authentic way to people. Um, yeah. Wow. I just want to hear you talk. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. Like, you got this. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and it's like, I, I couldn't figure out that's how I wanted to express my love to the world. And the way that I'd been doing it before was really different and really personal. And also still really intimate, obviously, with tattooing. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly intimate. Even more intimate. Um, and I really enjoy that. And there's really, not really, but there's specific scenarios in which that's even more fulfilling to me. And it's usually with loved ones, you know, with tattoos, because it's such a heavy karmic burden to bear with somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I usually feel much lighter when I'm doing it for people that I'm already really tethered to. Mm. Oh, okay. You're already ha having to think about me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the most, the most flattering thing you've said to me, and you've kind of taken it back, I think a little bit, maybe not, but you're like, Cass, would you tattoo me? And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm so honored. Oh. I would totally tattoo you. And now I'm like, I need you to tattoo me. <laughs> but you, you, I've learned so much about tattooing, hanging out with you. Like, cause you do a style that's like single needle, which I totally. hadn't even really thought about as a thing, you know? I thought all tattoos were single. I, I The way I pictured it was like all tattoos are a needle going in and doing its thing. And you're oh, like, no, totally. it's like a hundred needles. Oh, totally. I mean, unless you have really good vision and you're looking at that needle from like five inches away, you can't tell that it's tiny little, you know, seven mm. or nine needles stacked together. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
So also, can we also shout out that you have a new podcast? Oh yeah, let's I do that. Forgot about that. Foremost. I do have a new podcast. Yeah, and the new podcast is really a child of chaos because it was birthed through just recording frustrations. Like I was recording music and recording my voice, and mm. found out I didn't really have the right microphone for my voice, and I've just been sort of, um, you know, banging and shouting in a closet. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I needed something to work on that I took a little bit less seriously, and I just thought, hey. I think the voice recordings of me talking in between singing and I talk to myself a lot in my house because I've lived alone since you know dawn of time uh, are funny. And the way that I sort of swerve in and out of my Texas personality and this British personality and uh, all of the millions of personalities in between. Um, it obviously made me self-conscious when I first heard it, but it's almost psychedelic to the point that I thought people may enjoy it if I leaned into it a little bit. And I you know, have all that astrological knowledge that I don't really you utilize that much on yeah. a daily basis with people. And as I said, again, I love being intimate and not personal. And it's another way to like participate in astrology without having these like one-on-one -on -one sessions where I have to take things seriously because of course that was the main thing with me as well. Going into a podcast was I didn't want to take anything seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge one. If you're starting a podcast is like, uh, it's, it's a practice in self-forgiveness, like right out of the gate. I'm sure with music, it's even crazier in a way, but yeah. Well, and the music on the podcast was it mm. was a great practice in okay. I'm really just gonna try and improv over this stuff and mm. not do more than you know one or two takes of it and just be okay with like a mediocre or whatever the mm. flow and the vibe was in that moment. You know, mm. well, I mean, it's the most fun thing ever. I mean, you, you're you're on your second one now, and I like yeah. I trust knowing you at, enough at this point that this isn't going to be like, oh, I did two, and then I'm over it. Like, no, this is the beginning of a journey, and um, it's that's why we're hanging out. We hold each other accountable. It's God, yeah. like, God, where is that shit? God, <laughs> sex, God, sex, weather report, which I just feel like is something that is so needed, and to take like a different twist on it, where you're kind of telling people what to expect on a higher level for the week, and kind of, I mean being in relationship with you the last couple months of like hanging out with you and you kind of like giving us so much insight I'm like wow I'm like this information helps level up so naturally because you can kind of flow with the other the weather yeah. like you know if you know it's going to rain you know to wear uh, bring an umbrella with you and so if you know that like Saturn and Jupiter are going to be conjunct and this is a big shift in energy you know to like be more forgiving towards yourself or whatever it is and I think what's so cool about the podcast you're doing is you're kind of like telling you like yo yeah. this is you're gonna need a raincoat that's up. Yeah, up. Yeah. and that's like a generous offering you know to do that and I'm the perfect guinea pig because and you you talked <clears throat> about this I would love for you to touch on this yeah my I don't want to go there you know, there, there's been not not at this stage of my life as much, but like throughout my life, like I don't want to go there in terms of, oh my god, astrology, like all this stuff, like what the fuck could that be real? Like yeah. my analytic mind is a little hesitant, and I heard you once saying like, it by going towards this, it's almost like you have to embrace the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. That's I think that has made a lot of sense to me, and also everything you're saying, it's it's like what what Cass was just saying, like all the, I'm I'm spinning out. And I'm fucking, you know, telling you about it or fucking getting into you with about it. And, and you know exactly why. And then I help. To, then it helps me understand why. And it helps me. Well, like, I predict it. Yeah. I predict, <laughs> I predict <Mare>. it. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to keep it quick because we're about to get into it. Oh, God. <laughs> and then it happens. <laughs> Which, like, am I retrocausally feeling it or manifesting it? But I do think your point about... Like the analytical mind 
willpower and analytics are really what our society has valued. And Mm -hmm. I think we, all of us, um, because we're all leaned into our masculine a little bit more than the feminine these days because of the consciousness that we're in, are really uncomfortable accepting that there are external forces that we're participatory in. Now, I'm going to be the first and last person to tell you that you know, you're a god of your reality, uh, 100%, and anything that's ever happening to you is 100% also consent mm. because of that. Ooh. I know. You consented Tr- to this shit? people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I feel like you, like, uh, you, I mean, I don't know how much we'll get into this, but, like, you've lived it. You've lived the the not easy path to, and so for you to say, look, I consented to this shit is, like, a very empowering That's position. why I trust it when she starts saying this stuff to us, because I'm, like, from the first minute we met, I heard your story, and I was like, real person real fucking person that you know you're not trying to fucking put on anything yeah yeah no we'll definitely get around to that and the (laughs) and i'm somebody that was you know i have a ton of willpower and i use it all the time and i overexert it and i receiving love is now my journey and the um kind of sort of karmic stuff that i'm transmitting that we're i guess we're all kind of transmitting right how do we receive more love um so yeah, you've been God of your reality, but how does astrology sort of factor in and its influence um, into your life? And I have spent years also being like, fuck astrology. I'm, really? you know, I, I get to make all my own choices. Like, yeah, because it, I do think it's a natural, like, you feel like you're subservient to something. It yeah. feels like you're bowing to something. It feels like you're saying, um, I'm going to let this dictate my life. And really what it is, is it's a map for you to be able to look at so that you can use it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And abuse yeah. it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's, it's for you to get to learn so that you can take advantage. Mm. Um, and I like using these big trigger words because as we, the pendulum swings and we're going into this more receptive, uh, receptive feminine energy, um, I think we can, we can get uh, not over triggered or oversensitive. Uh, those aren't good words, but we can sort of go too far the other way too and not understand that, uh, you know, it is a choice and it is intentional mm. and you're still holding the reins. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and karma too, which I talk about a lot, which is really what astrology is, is trying to describe to you as karma. It's mapping karma. It's mapping karma. Exactly. Mm. And when I talk about karma, I'm not talking about, again, you being subservient to this external force outside of you that is judging you based on decisions and then factoring in punishment or consequences. Um, I'm not even really talking about what goes around comes around. I'm not talking about determinism and determinism was really like a better way to say what I was trying to say earlier with why people are kind of averse to astrology is because they don't want to feel like they're a part of something determined, right? They want to mm. feel like their destiny is their own. Totally. Mm. Um, but again, astrology is not deterministic. It's, it's about inertia and it's about a flow of force um, mm. knowing that you can change it at any moment. Mm. Wow. But you're a part of a force and, the more that I retro cause or, or um, hindsight looked back at months and of my life and these major milestones and then astrologically looked at a, an ephemeris, it was undeniable. Yeah. I mean, the time that I died this year on Ketamine, we could talk about that too. Oh <laughs> the astrology behind that, like every, and so to me, that was really what proved it to myself. Um, and now I do predictive things like, okay, I, I map out when the, you know, where the moon is going to be to do maybe like events or hangouts or recording or whatever the fuck mm. it is. Um, knowing that I'm, doing it embracing that energy and still having an awareness to make choices through it Mm. you know yeah well i think it's also like a tool of self-acceptance or like acceptance of the other like you can accept things about us because you're like oh that makes sense for them and it doesn't necessarily need to be 
like what my life looks like, like what their life looks like and their path isn't necessarily what my path is supposed to look like. So it's not like anyone's doing it more better or more right, or you need to do it like this. And once you do it, like they do it, then you're like on the right path. No, it's like you, your path is so unique and individual to you. So, um, doing this like allows you to have like guideposts of, um, like, oh, like, I want to be the best at doing my path. And, totally. you know, because I'm in the fifth house of relationship, like, a lot of my work is within relationship. Yes. And so this is makes sense that sometimes I can feel like everyone needs to have a relationship and get that perfect person and blah, blah, blah. Because, everyone like, needs to do psychedelics. Everyone like, needs yeah, to meditate. Do, everyone should uh, eat only plants. Like, Because that's, like, my universe. Yeah. And, like, that's right. how I do my work. And that's how I learn. And that's how I grow. And I think, oh, if you only did the things that I did to grow, then you would grow, too. And it's not like that. It's, like, other people's karmic lessons are, like, in different houses and yes. planetary forces. Yeah, I think it can be incredibly val- validating when you're feeling lost and, you know, stressed out in the universe or misplaced. It can really get you back onto a path. It's Absolutely. it's like what you're saying too about um, in hindsight. That's what kind of proved it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's much harder to grasp in the moment. Totally, because, mm-hmm. because your ego is at work trying to m- make sense of this thing. Yeah. But like when I've done readings, even stuff you've told me about my own life, it's like oh, you know that that's what was that was what was going to happen at that point, and right. you were going to react like that. Even good things like the the wind in my sails to to make films from like. 27 until now had to do with like my Leo rising something like yeah and I didn't realize that till after because it started to shift I started to feel less like ambitious about it mm-hmm. I still need to do it and yeah. I want to do it yeah but it's not about whatever it was when I was more in that Leo energy right. well to be totally honest I still had probably a little bit of a hang-up until this year with astrology what? but I had been no like 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 whispers of it like I wouldn't yeah. really even like admit it to myself mm. but all of my astrologers that I listened to for years or we were like 2020 like strap in buckle up buttercup yeah and I was like it's gonna be fine we're still gonna, we're still gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> Good you guys lord! Are overreacting. Good lord! Stop being so drama, and it came along, and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this really is the real deal, and Fuck. there's no reason to doubt any of it. Yeah. And yeah, that ketamine death experience really just kicked any doubts of, you know, spiritual hangups I had in my mom because I'm incredibly analytical too. You know, that was uh, yeah, that was how I grew up as a scientific materialist who you know didn't believe in God as basically a toddler. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> So you think like someone could obviously look at your chart and now like you've been through some shit in your life Mm -hmm. up to this point. um, And but you can look at your your chart and be like, oh, that makes sense. Or like, yeah, she was going to have some uh, experiences early on in life that kind of. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously it's a language that you learn and it's two people could have similar charts and have really different stories because the way that they express themselves are in really different ways. Mm-hmm. And the better that you, really it's a layering game. It's a math game with astrology. Um, what did I want to say? Sorry, let's get back to it. What was I talking about before you just said that? some good shit i always fucking do this i always you guys are talking some good shit and i think throw this out and then fucking, <laughs> we have to be like wait what were we oh, talking no, no. about oh yeah oh it just <laughs> what you're saying about individualism kind of brought me back to the pendulum swing thing as well because i think collectively as we realize that we're all connected in mm. this crazy telepathic web and then at some level there's a oneness about all of us 
there's a real disregard for the individual mm. and there's a demonization of the individual um, sort of in like, you know, in the communist mind state, right? Thinking that like, it's a threat yeah. to the it general public too far. because, the pendulum swings too far. because individuals seek truth and groups seek consensus, which mm. truth is just consensus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. And individualism is really beautiful. And growing up in London, it's actually my favorite part of British culture is it just felt like there was a huge push to be an individual in British culture. And it was cooler to be more far out there. Being a conformist was definitely not in style and it definitely influenced how I approach situations, maybe even a contra in a contrarian way. But I just think any friends that I had that had different opinions in me are the ones that made me better and the ones that Mm -hmm. I always gravitate towards and I'm, you know, magnetized towards and I want, I want people that challenge me and my thoughts and that are different than me. And that's the most fun that I have. And it's fun to have yes men around sometimes too. And you want to resonate with people and you want to feel seen and all of that's super nice. But I think you can get to a place of your own self comfort and confidence that it's like, okay, now I want to like go out and see what's different and right. go feel a little bit of fire and like go have an edge and like go hit an angle. Right. You know? It doesn't have to all be curves. I think that's why, um, like in, in our life, like our friends have turned over a lot and they're, and it's happening less so because we're like, instead of seeking out new friends for those things, let's just go deeper with this like lovely community we yes. already have and the family we already have, the friends we already have, not to say we won't take on new energies, but totally. I, I love the challenge of like, let's just take this fucking deeper. Let's, let's see where we can go with this. Let's yeah. See if we get weirder. Beers yeah. like. Those are the artists that inspire me. Those are the people mm. that inspire me. You know, the people that went out yeah. and said, no, I'm going to take another step. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever done it before, but I'm going to take another step. See where it goes. Yeah. I mean, because I think to like feel like you got someone pegged is to deny their infinite nature and to mm. deny someone's yeah. infinite nature. You're def uh, denying your own infinite nature. Yes. And mm. it's like, that's where I think we stepped into new territory within our relationship when I was like, I'm going to let Sean surprise me. Like, and how he relates to me and how he reacts to things. Like, yeah, there's the astrological thing of, like, he might take things this way and I can kind of, like, be predictive and be more considerate of his feelings and stuff like that. But there's also the, like, I I don't know how he's going to react and I don't know what's important to him. And if I, like, treat him like a fucking wild mystery and I treat you like a wild mystery and I treat everyone in my life like a wild mystery, like, it's a lot more interesting and a lot more fun and allows a lot more spaciousness to, like, get different versions of people. You know, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and because we're all telepathically connected and you're more connected telepathically to the people that you're friends with, your opinion of them influences how they act. So, you know, you can you can co-write a shitty day with your friend if you want. Oh, yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely felt that in the positive. Like when I like mm, wanted yes, someone's love yes. so bad and I was like, why don't they love me? I want them to love me. This sucks. Like they think I'm the worst and I'm always like in, like in a room overthinking it being like, oh, sh she's like, I had this experience with you last night where like you were being a little quiet and like for a second I felt myself going on the trap of like, you said this wrong. You did this wrong. Like she's having a oh, moment Lord. and then I'm like, stop it. Stop co-creating a reality where you're responsible for wherever she's at. Because then all of a sudden she's going to start feeding into that. You know, it's like, oh, ooh, that, a little power. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, we're such tuning forks and we don't even weigh, mm. realize, all, well, yeah, you can't realize with your mind's eye because it's a single point of focus. All of the ways at which your different parts of your personalities and personas resonate around each other and interact with each other, you know? Mm. And, and the tr there's like, there are some truths, like the more love you give, the more love you get. Like yeah. there's some things like when you have a loving relationship and you're like, I'm going to be more loving towards this person. I want to express my love towards that person. And like that opens the door for them to express it back to you. And if you're like, 
fear state it like creates walls and boundaries and it's, it's not like a fun like i just like i always want to choose like the more fun path like there is the option of worrying there is the option <laughs> of being fearful like yeah of course yeah, that's always an option but like do that is that the most fun path i don't think so yeah with clients i obviously realize that especially because i'm in, in such a like position of power in that dynamic yeah that if i went in worrying about how that client was going to be that day because they were super anxious in emails you know yeah um i usually did you know play into whatever shitty role they wanted to play whereas if i was just going to be like you know they're they're going to be amazing and they're going to step up to the plate they really do usually step up to the role that you write for them you know yeah Mm -hmm. people want to they want to rise to the occasion they want to rise rise to the the highest version of themselves if you are giving them a glimpse if you expect it from them you know and hold space for that and like allow a moment of someone's like oh they're feeling like a little whatever and like you give them the space to like have their feelings yeah and not like make sure that they're giving you a good reflection so you feel better about yourself you know because that's where we get trapped it's like hey i need you to be happy right now so you're giving me a good reflection so i feel like i'm doing good yeah you know if you can trust like oh i've I've done right by this person they're cool let's give them a minute like and all i can do is hold space that like it allows within relationship for people to like get back to a good energy together faster i don't know feels like cheat codes or something absolutely i wish they had told my parents that (laughs) (laughs) i know like you're so communicative with us you're like, I'm feeling anxious right oh now. We're like, let's God. deal with that. I'm feeling hungry. I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling needy. Yeah. I feel confused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the like, that's definitely uh, w- one of the things I think about you all the time uh, because of your, just what you've told us about your relationship with your parents and what you went through as a kid. And like, f- just like thinking like, could there be forgiveness for, yeah. for that type of, like I, I do, I think about that all the time. Yeah, man. That's the, like, 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 I care about you so much and I love you so much and you holding holding them in, in disregard right now, like <laughs> makes me question, <laughs> like, you know, my way, my approach, you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes me question myself all the time too, because forgiveness is obviously something that a lot of smart, wise, enlightened people recommend doing with your life as far as how to relate to mm-hmm. all the things around you. And I think there's a certain level of forgiveness that I've obviously dosed out to them to even be able to like function in my daily life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do a lot of thought form play, as you guys know. So I've done a lot of like forgiveness play in my mind with them and it doesn't feel more comforting to me. I actually still really get off on um, the furnace of fire that burns about it. Yeah. <laughs> I relate to that. Man, I'm like finally getting to the place where I'm like, I'm just going to be pissed at that person, you know? Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Like, and you're yeah. just like saying the angry thing and not bottling it up and just like, yeah, yeah fuck them. Delicious. Yeah. They're the fucking worst. And you like can coexist within the like, we're all one. Everyone's a reflection of me. I uh, consented to this. I agreed to this. But like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you, like you played your role as villain immaculately. Thank you. Yeah. You know, all of that bullshit. But at the same time, like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to have a relationship with you. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. I know a lot of people in my life who don't know the story or the situation well enough will have a hang up about it. But anybody that does is like, Oh, I can't believe you ever spoke to them after that ever. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, basically like you were a wild child, you know, you were abused, which probably led to you being a wild child. Yeah. My, my mom was not great. And I, I say, you say I was wild child, but like, you know, I did well in school and, uh, relative to my sibling brother who was always, 
aggressively fighting with them and not doing well in school and more of a rebellious child all around. Mm. Uh, I was quiet. Uh, I didn't fight back with my mother and that scared her a lot more. She's somebody that uh. really uh, loves fighting, which like I, uh, some of that has now seeped into me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to accept. It, your face looked like you just realized oh, that. Yeah, that no, I was like, like oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not that person too. But no. Uh, yeah, I so I, I wasn't I wasn't well in that regard. I think in high school when I got big enough um physically and emotionally to really stand up to her and not listen to the um authoritarian really control issues is her is her biggest issue Mm. she has almost like psychosis level control issues and um there just got to a point where i didn't want to be well i never wanted to be at home i mean i started running away when i was really young i remember being like six and being like where can i run (sighs) so running was always sort of my thing because i didn't want to be around her and i once i got into high school i had friends i could smoke weed with and i got this boyfriend and so i just like wouldn't come home you know i would go out and she just couldn't live with the fact that she couldn't control me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd ground me and I would crawl out the window and I'd leave and I just wouldn't like <sighs> also growing up with her and growing up with having to take care of her um, and take care of her when she's like passed out on the floor on fucking, you know, wine and Ambien. I didn't have enough respect ever to take her advice on anything, mm-hmm. you know? So she's like right off the bat, there was no mo- mother daughter dynamic because there was no ground for her to stand on where I trusted Oh, yeah. No, you clearly know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I know that world. I'm very familiar. Very familiar. No, no, no. And, you know, she she's kicking and screaming her whole life. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't, you know, respect me in my opinion. It's like... Because she can't control herself. Yeah, man. So it drives her crazy, <laughs> the external reflection of not being able to control her own daughter. Mm. It just kills her that she can't control herself. Yeah. And so she, on some bad advice and an ego trip, um, sent me away. And they sent me away twice. And the first time they sent me away was to the Oregon high desert to almost like military, not military, but in the way that it was set up, you're sort of hiking and you're hiking like eight miles a day and like never setting up camp in place for more than one night. And you're not showering. And it's sort of like this hiking, like military style camp. I don't know what to call it. Um, for parents who have money to get rid of their kids. But like, Mm. it's so funny. You even, you you have a little forgiveness, even the way you tell the story. You're like, I got sent there. You're like, you got, got, no, 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 no. (laughs) Let me lay it out. Let me lay it out. Let me lay it out. No, I got woken up in the middle of the night by two bodyguards and kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) This is is how rich people handle shit. (laughs) This is how rich people handle it. So the first time that this happened, yeah. These people wake me up. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, they, you know, they tell me I have to come with them. So I, they get me into the car. We're at the airport. I'm thinking I have to get out of this situation. Cause I don't know what the fuck and I think in the car, they, they're like telling me, they're like, your parents have sent you whatever the fuck. But like, I don't know. Cause my parents aren't around cause they don't want to watch. Oh, oh my, God. my God. You didn't even tell us that part. No. Uh, <laughs> so they don't even want to hear about it. You know what I mean? So, Okay. So I'm in this car. We get to the airport. We're in like line at the airport. And I, there's like a second where she takes her hand off of me. Cause she's, her hands like on my arm. And by the way, I already have like the biggest authority issues at like, that's how, that's my karmic story. It's all yeah. about this freedom and authority and what it is to be an individual. 
And I book it and I get to the parking lot and they're, they're running after me and there's another security guard and they ask the security guard to fucking tackle me, which like this dude doesn't know what's going on. So like the fact that he did it is like, wow, what the fuck? So I'm rugby tackled on this event. They handcuffed me. I get handcuffed on this fucking national flight to Oregon. Everyone thinks I'm like Charles Manson. It was a little bit fun. I had a little bit of fun. You got to wear the black hat. yeah i really got to lead into that (laughs) so we get there and then like okay you have to take all your clothes off and put these clothes on or like driving out to this thing and i'm like no you're getting informed of this as it's happening yeah yeah they're just like telling you like fuck you very much fuck you very much uh so four employees hold me down strip me cavity search put clothes back on me force me into another vehicle and then drive me out like hours and hours and hours into the desert so if you ever ran you'd die like they get you that oh, far fuck. out so you don't do it. Smart. Yeah. yeah. And of course, those are when the legends started about the kids that almost made it out. Because <laughs> all these places have legends of the kids that almost made it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always those motherfuckers that try. And you knew their names. You were like, Jerry. Jerry, the one that stole the car or whatever, you know? Uh, <laughs> okay. So I think I'm there for 11 weeks. And my parents let me come back home and stuff. And I love them. And then I get home. And let me tell you this story, actually, about my mother in between, too. So just to give you a taste of what it was like to be home with her. In between that time, which I think it was like a three, four-month period that I was first sent away and second sent away, my mother accuses me of stealing her drugs because she loses them. They're like Xanax oh. or something. And I'm like, no, I didn't steal your drugs. Did you ask Ben, who's my brother? And she's like, Ben doesn't do drugs. Ben does drugs. <laughs> <laughs> And she's she's reading me the riot act, telling me, you know, what a what a disappointment, you know, disappointing piece of shit I am, whatever the fuck. And I'm I'm so pissed. And I'm so upset. And I march up to her room because I know where she stashes her drugs. And of course, I find her drugs are like in one of her like secondary hiding spots. I come downstairs and you know how good I am at a speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking at it as I'm like, trotting downstairs. Being like, I'm going to fuck this bitch. <laughs> and I, you know, I throw the pills at her. I'm like, you, how dare you? And then she freaks out on me, threatens to commit suicide, runs off in her jacket. And I'm like, Great. whoa. She was embarrassed as hell. So I'm just going to have to like wait to see if my mom's going to come back home. Mm. No, I didn't want to be home, Carolyn. If you're watching this, no, I didn't want to be home with you. You're a bummer. Oh my I wanted God. to be with my sweet boyfriend, Joseph, who fucking gave me weed. And How old are you at this point loved again? Loved me. Fucking 15. Uh-huh. Oh, you're such a lover. <sighs> Which Joseph is the hero of this story, just so everybody knows. Oh, yeah. He's, we love Joseph. Joseph is. Yeah. yeah. Thank God for Joseph. Thank Definitely. God for Joseph. He's one of the saints of the Church of Chill. Definitely one of the saints of the Church of Chill. <laughs> He's the reason you're here. <laughs> He's literally the reason I'm here. Um, so, yeah, that was the first time. And I sat my mother down during that period as well. And I said, I need you to look me in the eyes and I need you to promise me that no matter what happens in between the two of us, you will not send me away again. Mm. There's a million trillion ways that we can work this out. Please don't send me away again. Mm. And so when it happened, (laughs) (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever whispers of innocence and, you know, childhood hope that i had definitely right um yeah got burned into oblivion and you know what a betrayal like your mom and your parents are supposed to keep you safe and you know for them to like not only hurt you as a kid Mm. um but to then take you away from your home in the middle of the night 
and i'm like i'm sorry i'm not even like no it's just so fucking raw and so fucking real um to like have gone through that and then to like yeah be where you are today like and be successful artist and a committed passionate creative person it's just very impressive thank you yeah it's um yeah it's definitely been a hard thing to get over and made me who i am in all the ways um so yeah when i got sent away again i sort of knew the deal when the when the bodyguard showed up right i'm like okay i know the situation you're a light sleeper at that point <laughs> definitely <laughs> a fucking light sleeper at that point dude. <laughs> i got a shiv bodyguards yeah they're like paid Holy. physical you know yeah, they're of paid course. physical people um and so I, and this place is a lot more serious that they're sending me to. And it's a Mormon run, uh, like residential institution, like, it's, mm. you know, crazy person institution. And I show up and you find out there's five levels. We're in Utah and we're in Utah because in Utah, when you're under the age of 18, you have like no rights. And I think it's pretty similar in Oregon. And that's why I have, to have some of those places in Oregon, but it's uh. definitely the most extreme in Utah. Mm. And we find out there are five levels. The first level, you have to be in a hospital gown hmm. within, like, uh, touching distance of staff. You're, like, standing next to staff in a hospital gown. And I think they may even be, like, attached to your hospital gown on a string. Oh, great. That's and a, a good can, way to restore someone's yeah, dignity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you can earn your way out of that level onto the second level, the third level. And then each level has a little bit more freedom. Like, the second level, you can have clothes on. And you get to be a little bit further away from staff members. Like, maybe, like, this far away. Yeah. And, like, the third level, you can maybe be out of eyesight for, like, five minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just do this. You look so pretty. (laughs) You do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Same sort of a situation, too. I, like, refuse to do everything. They have to get physical with me. (laughs) Mormons? The cavity search... (laughs) me um and that's something they do regularly when we do out like if we ever leave campus and come back or you know if girls ever uh, earn a high enough level to uh, go home and came back which i never did obviously but um oh that there was a level where you could do that you could do that yeah so you know naked jumping jacks um I'm what? Trying to think about all the other yeah Wait, what's naked jumping jacks about like if anything pulls out of your pussy Good while you're naked, damn. do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, the funny thing about you saying this, it sounds so ridiculous. It's like, who would have something in their pussy? You did. Damn it, Sean. I wasn't going to tell her the fucking story. Come on. Why you got to call me out like that? I was like, if she's not going to tell that, I am. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let me back it up a little bit. So I'm in the bathroom in my house. Getting abducted. Getting Hold abducted. <laughs> I know what's happening. And I'm like, I have some weed in this bathroom. I'm definitely going to try and bring it with me. Because, like, I'm already fucked. I know I'm going to yeah. what, whatever perceived jail that I'm being sent to. You know the deal. I know the deal. <laughs> so I take some weed. I put it, like, it's already in this, like, little piece of plastic. Because I'm, like, a high schooler smoking, you know. Yeah. It's, like, probably how I did it. I got, like, my mom's KitchenAid fucking wrap, you know. <laughs> and I shoved that thing so far up my vagina, they didn't find it in the cavity search. And later, <laughs> during the imprisonment, I got high. <laughs> Oh with God. the water bottle bong that I made, which we'll get to the oh part of the story a little bit later <laughs> with oh the pussy God. weed. <laughs> 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 wow. uh, okay, so yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm having all these flashbacks now too with like how I transferred it. Like once the cavity searched me, I remember like going to the bathroom and like putting it in my sock and my shoe. And then mm. once it was in my sock and my shoe, I remember like taking it out of there and like putting it somewhere in my closet. I'm like having. Yeah, you're <laughs> hilarious. You love weed as much as me. <laughs> I really do love weed as much as you. Um, so yeah, I was there with just the utterly most insane people. There was a couple other girls that were relatively similar and that they just like to party and do drugs. Really only one girl and she's the girl that I escaped with. But everybody else there was pretty much like They legitimately needed to be in there. Well, no, cuz I don't believe in shit like that, but like legitimately we're like definitely on the outskirts of society. I mean, I watched girls try to commit suicide there. I watched girls drink bleach. I watched girls stab each other with pens. I watched girls take chunks out of people's arms with their fucking teeth. I watched girls fucking cut their face. I watched girls cut their arms. I watched girls cut their legs. I watched girls write uh, their name on the wall with period blood. I watched girls write their name on the wall with shit and I'd clean it up. You know what I mean? What the fuck? High school girls. Yeah, high school girls. The craziest girl... Her name was Kate. And I, I was going to not say her name, but like lots of people are named Kate. Uh, and she was young. And it was always the youngest ones that were the wildest. Because if you're there at 13, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You got into some shit. Probably, you probably killed your cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she definitely killed her cat, for sure. <laughs> In the microwave? So she, I, have the, like, she, I have those vivid memories oh. with that person, probably more than like a lot of people in my life because of the rawness of every moment that I was around her. I remember this one time, I haven't told you guys this story. I told you the one where she was in the kitchen and somehow got the kitchen knife. Like she was close enough to one of the staff members and then we all had to like defend ourselves in the kitchen or whatever. I don't think you told us that story. That's crazy. Oh, that's a good one. Um, but there was one time where she, she would like, I don't know how she did it, but she would like build up these like scabs in her scalp that were almost like zits or things. And she would like get off on taking them out. And I remember being in the bathroom oh, with her Lord. and like looking over at her one time and her just making like the deepest eye contact with me and like the blackness of her fucking soul, you know, and just like ripping this thing out and getting off so hard on like making herself bleed in front of me, you know? Sorry, I got a bunch of real fast Damn. Oh. I thought she was going to squirt her zit on you, which that's, it was like a little better that's than the direction I thought it was going. That's a scene out of a fucking fucked up movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sh- yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah. Sh- yeah. I wonder what she's up to now. I wonder what she's up to now, too. Uh, Can I help I you? I can't break confidentiality. I was going to say the other thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely there was some wild people. Um, and. And the staff was fuckheads. Well, that was probably the most psychologically marring was that they're all Mormons and they're close in age, right? Like they're young, they're in their twenties. And I became friends with them. So, you know, close enough friends that they broke rules for me. There were multiple staff members that broke rules for me. And so you're in this total psychological mindfuck of having this human connection with people and having to constantly remind yourself moment to moment that they're not your friend. You're not, you know, like you shouldn't be empathizing with them because they're like, you know, participating in imprisoning you and taking away all of your fucking free will. Yeah. Um, and it's, you're so lonely and, <laughs> you know, you just have to keep building up those barriers. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it's, it's all under this guise of like, we're doing the right thing. You know, they're obviously not consciously malicious and they all genuinely believe in a really psychotic, deluded way that what they're doing is the, the right thing, yeah. you know, like Hitler too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it must've been so crazy because you're in there and you, last time you went away, it was for like a few weeks or six weeks or something like 11. that, 11 weeks. So like, you're thinking like, Oh fuck, like I'm probably away for like, you know, a short period of time and it ended up being like the rest of high school. Right. 
Yeah, it ended up being the rest of my high school life. Uh, and, and I mean, I knew I got a gauge for like how long it was going to be when I was there, when I was realizing how long girls had been there. I was like, you've been here a year. You're meeting 29-year-olds. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that was the realest. Like, I can deal with whatever physical abuse you dish me out. I honestly would rather um, have it. But the moment to moment not being able to make any decision for myself not being able to choose what i ate not being able to choose what i listened to not being able to choose who i was around not being able to choose what i was doing they wouldn't let me dance they wouldn't let me do the things that you know made me me and uh gave Mm -hmm. me a release i mean even not being able to listen to music you know not being able to like consume anything uh that being my biggest issue anyways before any of this happened was just like Mm. you know i couldn't what a nightmare yeah you couldn't see your boyfriend joseph yeah, I kept thinking it was nightmare. You know, there was a big part of me that was genuinely like, "I'm gonna wake up from this. This is this is not real life. Mm. This is not real life. Whoa. Nobody would do this to somebody else." So there's a point where you get um, you're allowed to make phone calls, right? There's a point where you're allowed to make phone calls. This is our big break, and so yeah, level three. The, yeah, the story the stories here were the most vivid of the girls that almost made it out. And there were a group of girls that stole a car, and I think they were the closest. And you knew all of their names, and I never like. Every, anytime I had heard it, I was like, I'm sure I, I could do it better. I yeah. could do it better. You're smart. You're good at whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. you try. <laughs> and I didn't really take it too seriously until the head of our house was around I and this girl Haley in a kitchen and we were mopping and sweeping. And we were talking and she's like, I don't like you guys talking. And we asked her why. And she replied, because you could be scheming up on something. And we both looked at each other and we're like, we're definitely going to scheme up on something now. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Scheming is a thing? <laughs> You're right. We should be scheming. And so I draw out this plan that's probably going to take like four or five months because we have to get to a certain level to even like accomplish it. And just see if we can execute it. And we start, we need to get on a high left level that we can walks around the campus. And we start taking items of clothing um, in a trash bag. And we choose a bush. And we start putting items of clothing in trash bags every time we get a walk. And we're on the level where you can make phone calls. And the only way that I knew how to leave and uh, was Joseph. Because a lot of the problem with the girls that had almost got out was you get out. And then it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're just like on the street in Utah. In a fucking hospital kind of whatever. And they put out a BPI or whatever they call it. Exactly. They put out one of those things like you'd have to hitchhike. And so that's how all the girls get caught. Like a lot of people made it out, but Mm -hmm. then they get caught on the street or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. In their hospital gowns. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew I needed, I needed a ride. And the way that they were making these phone calls is you're in this closet and to give you the sense of diluted privacy, they dial up the phone. They say hi to your parents. They give you the phone and then they close the closet door and they sit on the other side of the closet door so they can hear your conversation. Uh And I say that I'm calling my brother and I type in Joseph's number. And the only reason I'm allowed to type it in was there's this, you know, beautiful moment, uh, dished out by spirit where this girl Corey and this is one of the staff members I was close enough friends with super comfortable around me somebody called her name in that moment and wow. she was replying to them and she said hey just put it in mm. so and you, I was like here it is and, and I was yeah, here it is here's my fucking shot don't don't pussy out yeah. step up to the plate mare do it <laughs> and I dialed I dialed his number and Joseph knew my brother at the time so I answered the phone and I'm immediately like hi Ben my brother's name how are you doing and thank fuck for Joseph mm. being like I, I, I like hear him thinking on the other line, like, <laughs> you know, but didn't say anything. Right. And, and he knew I was sent away. Like he knew um, I was missing at the time. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You just disappeared one night and he's like, oh, 
bummer. I had a cool yeah, girlfriend. Had to, one of my friends in Ossesia had to tell him the situation. And so she's like, cool, it's your brother. Closes the door. I have an out loud conversation with Joseph and I have a whisper conversation with Joseph. Uh, and I'm, you know, having this fake conversation with my brother out loud to Joseph. And under my breath, I'm like, in three months, can you meet me at this cross street corner in Utah at this time? <sighs> Hoping to God that I'm on a level on that day that that hour we're not in group therapy that like I can take a walk and yeah. be there. What kind of kid is he that he's just like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll <laughs> drive from Texas to Utah at 16. Like my parents would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay. So he is 18 at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's grown. He's got his own car, but yeah, he is my right. Like love so much love to Joseph. What a ride or die. Um, he felt it. He heard your whisper message. Yeah. And I think, like, he really felt also really fucked up about it just on a moral level, mm-hmm. you know, and wanted to take a stand. Like, yeah, it's so fucked up that this even happened to you. And, of course, mm. I want to help. Mm. Just naturally, I think, feeling protective as well, you know. And sure enough, uh, we got to that level and that day came about. And uh, by the literal grace of fates, the second that we hopped onto that corner and got through the fence. That car pulled up. Oh, Fucking insane. It's a miracle. I, I think about making a movie of this and I'm like, that would be Unreal. a part we'd have to put in some sort of tension. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like it almost... It, well, I mean, the it, fucking run it. to that corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there, was, there was tension. <laughs> You've never felt like that before. <laughs> I don't even think my feet were on the ground. You know? like. So there's... But like you're running and they like... At some point they realize you guys aren't coming back yeah, or you guys hear, are making a run hear an alarm sound. Oh, no. Really? It's a big enough... It's a big enough uh, property that, like, if you were standing in the house, you'd see us running and be like, mm. what are they doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And sure enough, that happened. And as we're driving on the highway, the highway gets fucking blocked off, and there's an Amber Alert, <sighs> and they're searching for us. Oh well, and you, I mean, I'm, we just got to back up for a second. You get in the car, and you're like, go, go, go. Like oh, one of those oh. moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, happy. Happy to see you for the first time. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, man. So yeah. what was the plan? So the plan, the plan was to go to, I'm trying to remember, I don't know why I'm not remembering the state. There was so much of this that my memory has blacked out that I'm having to like unpack now mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, with, you know, looking at it square in the eye. Uh, a state, Wyoming or Wisconsin, where this girl Haley that I was with had money because none of us really had money. Mm. And our plan was to go to the Canadian border and Joseph really is the, you know, the genius on this whole thing, he mapped out the part of the border that had the biggest space in between border crossings that Mm. we could cross and that we were going to cross on foot and he was going to go over by car. And then once he got um, through by car, when we were on the highway on the other side, he'd pick us up on the side of the road. Just live the rest of your life in Canada. And live the rest of our life in Canada and (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) Doesn't sound that bad, actually. It's better than what you were. That's how into a you know, know. to a space that I was yeah. like my only option was to having to be a fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ Canadian <laughs> a refugee a yeah, refugee yeah um which wow. is not how they accepted me at the time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh we get to this bank and apparently and this was where I don't know what how we got onto this lower timeline from the timeline that we were on but 
something happened and 30 minutes before we took out this money, Haley's parents took out this money. And the only reason that they could was because we were in some state that you could do that with somebody that's under the age of 18 or mm. whatever because they are her parents. Mm. And her parents were Mormon. Uh-huh. Haley comes from a Mormon home. Um, and so we had no money. And we just, you know, we had to roll with it. We figured, fuck it. We'll just figure it out. I mean, what are we going to do now? So he drops us off. I want to it's definitely like late fall. It's like, it's very cold. It's winter. He drops us off on the border. It had, it had rained that day. So it was super muddy and, uh, we start trekking and, uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is <laughs> how long this trek was, but straight up handmaid's tale style, having to dodge spotlights at night running from bush to bush sometimes being a foot away from a spotlight you know that's they're that they're fucking circling because it is a border they are protecting oh yeah Yeah. it's patrolled Uh, it's a patrolled border it's a patrolled border um he he definitely made a good decision but there's 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 no easy way to do it um so yeah we we are drudging through mud i have to take my shoes off because they're so there's like mud and ice stuck in them to the point that they're like weighing me down in the same situation with my pants i have these fucking leggings on that get so encrusted so we make it we make it past this border crossing uh over this fence onto this highway i'm like pantless have so much adrenaline pumping in my body i'm barely cold until we sit there for maybe like three hours oh my god Uh and Haley's starting to get really cold Mm. so cold that she starts crying and this girl's the toughest girl that I met throughout this whole experience I'm tough as nails she's tougher than I am and I just start to realize the gravity of what's happening and that's that my friend could die in front of me in this moment of hypothermia on this border and I just keep thinking somebody's gonna show up and at this point I I kind of realize okay Joseph's not coming something happened to Joseph Cause he, you know, he was supposed to be there hours and hours ago and I'm just, okay, we're going to hitchhike. So what happens? Like, I'm going to deal with whatever happens to us, whatever I have to do to get in somebody's car. Like I'm going to deal with that too. Mm. Uh, and just fully accepting the gravity of that situation. Um, and nobody shows up and (laughs) having to make that next decision about like, okay, what am I going to live with? Mm -hmm. Because these are the two options. I continue to wait here. And have my friend die in front of me and live the rest of my life with that. Or we walk to a border patrol, you know, walk a couple miles to this border patrol and we get detained Mm. and sent to jail. You know, we're going to get to Mm. jail. And of course, I chose the latter. Um, (laughs) Of course, I chose the latter. And we were, I mean, we were such idiots about, I mean, I don't know how else we could have been about it, but we like tried to not tell them who we were. I would have said I would like to get refugee status or whatever. I mean, we try. We I tried to tell them the situation. They weren't happy that we were in Canada, you know, no. and that we had made it across the border because their their job is to patrol it. And the fact that I had right. really outsmarted them, we were not in a good dynamic position, you no. know, relationship wise with these yeah. people. That was some of the worst I'd ever been treated in jail. Was actually the Canadian border jail, which people were always like, "What the fuck, Canada? Like they're so easy on people." But like those jail cells were so fucking rough. Like they were like these tiny metal pens and like. I think, you know, like, my underwear was super cold and crusty, and they, like, wouldn't give me a blanket. They, like, wouldn't give me shit to wear or clothes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were were pretty brutal and not (laughs) stoked. And I was actually banned from Canada for a couple years there. 
I can't believe you're still not. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they don't let people in. If you have a DUI, I've gotten turned away at the border because someone in my car had a DUI. And they were like, he's not allowed to come back in here for 10 years. Wow. They, they're brutal up there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always, I really want to go to Canada and I'm interested to see if it like comes up, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I go. Um, it's been a while now. <laughs> it's, been, it's definitely been long enough. <laughs> they got a record on you. Trust me. Yeah. It's yeah. going to come up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think. I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Yeah. So we get sent to jail. And then we're in and out of different jail cells in different states while they're, like, figuring out what they want to do with us. And they're, like, bringing us state to state, bringing us down. And they decide this place, New Haven decides that the girl that I was with was a sociopath. She doesn't have the ability to care about people, to be able to pull off what we did. But they think I still have hope Mm. that maybe there's still a glimmer of care in me or whatever the fuck. And so they're going to send me back and they're going to send me back to the same house with the same people and they're just going to have everybody make me feel as shitty as possible about what I did. It's going to be the greatest guilt trip that's ever been played out. So that's what they did. Back to the Mormons. Back to the Mormons. Back to the house. Back to all those staff members being like, you betrayed me. It's like, fuck you betrayed me. Like, what do you yeah. mean I betrayed you? Yeah. I'm a Look fucking legend. <laughs> well, you must have been a legend at that point. People are still talking about still you talking now. About Trust me. Now. I'm a girl who made it out. <laughs> I'm a girl that made it out. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's infinite memories that will come up about, you know, wild stories that happened in between and while I was there um, that are now just sort of unearthing from years of not wanting to look at it at all. What was going on astrologically? Oh, man. I mean, it was too long of a period to get specific about that kind of a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, it is interesting just how, like, the freedom dynamic has played out so intensely yeah. for me, you know, in such an extreme way. I feel that around you. <laughs> yeah, right? I do not want to yeah. come off as an impediment to your freedom in any way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, Trust me, I want to commandeer your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. So does Cass. Yeah, we're like, but be tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the first thing you said to us. We're, like, peeking on a mall, and you're like, I just want you to know art is my first relationship and it's been a problem in the past and just no that's my first love my first love and i'm like <laughs> mad respect mad respect <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean yeah and that's that's definitely obviously written out on my chart too that's sort of a its own thing but it's also it's it's interesting that it's like it seems like the natural thing from the astrology but at the same time it's almost like how life has taught me to be because of all of these circumstances mm-hmm. you know mm. Mm. Because of all of the non-safety that is dealing with other people that has been the history of my life, right? God, and this just feels like it's... I mean, I don't even know if you want to talk about the other stuff, but, like, you're, like, an NDE person. Like, not, like, one NDE. Oh, yeah. Like, fucking 10 NDEs. Yeah. Not not near-death experiences. Is that where your spirituality comes from? I never asked you that. Yeah. Because we just go deep. And I'm like, wait a second. When did this start? Like, for me, for us, it's, like, very clearly. It's like, we took mushrooms. Like... Duh. We took mushrooms. We started. Yeah, life didn't about God. dish us the gifts of uh, psychedelic experience through near-death experiences. So yeah. we had to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we just fucking strip our ego ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I wasn't. I wish I had done psychedelics younger too, because I did all the dumb drugs until I did psychedelics. Because I grew up in a community like Texas where cocaine was totally acceptable. But if you did acid, it was like, oh, you're gonna be dumb forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna be in a board meeting twenty years later and get a dose of acid, and you were gonna go fucking crazy. You know, Wouldn't that, that be was cool. Like, <laughs> it would be, I mean, now I'm like sick. <laughs> I hope that happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Free acid. Twenty <laughs> years acid later. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because I, yeah, bringing it back around to just saying that, like, I did grow up as somebody who was incredibly scientifically minded and really anti spirituality, and that was really influenced, I think, too, just growing up in London, because like atheism is such a huge part of the culture there. Yeah, right. right. And so, um, and being from the both of my parents, who my mother goes to church now and uh, like claims to be uh, Catholic. I guess she is a pretty typical Catholic now that I think about it. Uh, but my father's pretty atheistic, and I think that rubbed off on me as a younger person. And it took uh, psychedelic experiences uh, and art for me to understand spirituality. But I mean, as soon as I had my first performance as a dancer, where I was completely taken over by something, like mm. possession status, I was like, Word. Oh. Cool. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Something else is going on here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this is not just this uh atoms and uh you know, fragments that we think it is. So it was it was spiritual experiences with art, um and uh psychedelics really cracked my egg open as well on having all of these weird synchronicity, serendipitous situations with lovers and friends on psychedelics more than ever. You know, with this group in Colorado, it felt like we had these nights out where it was like every single bar we walked into, I, I chose the song and then it came on in the bar. Shit like that, yeah. you know? Just the flow. Magic. And nothing else, nothing in between. Um, so yeah, and it, my life path supposedly is the life path of seven, which is the monk. It's supposed to be the spiritual life path. What is seven? Um, seven is supposed to represent the spiritual. It's the chariot and the tarot too. So it's like internal journeying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't find that out until this year, actually, that the numerology stuff. But it definitely syncs up to, I feel like, just how my life has been geared <clears throat> as far as the things that it's asked me to think about. And it all seems mm. very macrocosmic and very existential. And, like, when I get into moods, it's not like, oh, my God, like, this person hurt my feelings. It's like, gods, if you got beef, let's fucking dance. Yeah. Like, come down here and talk to me about it. You know, I, I get that kind of <laughs> <I> like. <know. laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's just always how i've taken things like i don't i'm not interested in talking about the semantics of it like i want to go all the way with it um and the way that life has unfolded has has just been in the most meaningful way that it's impossible for me to see anything as meaningless now mm. and random and understanding right. like there really isn't a single coincidence in this universe and there's mm. not a single thing that's random that happens and i, I told you this a couple days ago but whenever I accept those feelings. It's always just like part of a reality I'm not ready to face yet, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where like something small happens and I'm like, oh, that was just, that was random. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, just that though. So you have to really <laughs> take a look at those things yes. that, that you that you perceive as like static. Like, yeah. oh no, 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 no. That's a, that's a rogue frequency. That's, yes. that's not meant for anything. Yes. It and, all is. And the art too is not to be like, so specific about the meaning because I think we're, we're almost always wrong, right? When we prescribe a meaning to a situation and then a year or 10 years later, we actually understand the depth and the wholeness of like how that played into a different storyline. Yeah, right. Because right. 
I understand too, when you listen to a lot of people that hop onto this like new wave spiritual train and people are trying to, uh, put all, first of all, also like language is so primitive and in such a denser dimension than spirituality and all these things that they're trying to describe, it's always going to be fractalated. So it's always missing the point. It's never, mm. it's never on ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it always then seems like you're generalizing or being ambiguous or, or the other end of the spectrum. And it's like, like you don't need to pull all of that from that one instance, you know? And yeah. I think we also naturally so prescribe negative things instead of positive things mm-hmm. to why things aren't working out. Right. Like, and that's something with the recording process that I've had to really uh, put my spiritual work in. And that's faith in the technology and that spirit is moving through the technology too. Because I was, oh. for some reason, living in this reality where like the Antichrist was ruling technology. And every time that something went bad, I like didn't trust it. I was like, this is definitely Satan trying to get me to, <laughs> to not make music or whatever. Yeah, right. But then any time those, you know, any one of those takes that I wish I had gotten later got a better one. I was like, thank fuck for taking that one away from me. You know, right. every time, every time. Yeah. Thank you for not giving me that opportunity that I so thought I deserved and needed in that moment that I now say that I definitely shouldn't have had. Yeah. You know? Right. It's a practice of not clinging. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. This has been really fun. Uh, I mean, I don't, I like there's so much more we could talk about. Well, but... we're going to. We're going to do another one because we have another show. It's yeah. called Afterglow. Yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to say on this one. Take us through God, anything Mary, else. You're you on have... fire. We're going to have you on this podcast a million times. Pretty much as often as you're down to do it. I, I feel like you only scratch the surface. Like you've experienced more God. things in your lifetime than I've experienced ever. Like ever, ever. No, you, uh, you're 12 years younger than me and you seem older than me. You know, I get around you and I'm like, oh. I definitely yeah. put the pedal in the metal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is this goes back to like, you know, you know your astrology <sighs> and ours so yeah. well that you're yeah. like, I'm not long for this world. And we're like, no. No, I hate when, I hate when <laughs> you say that. Like, no. She's like, you're going to live a long life and I'm going to die like between 30 and 45. So, yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, we got a few more years. I'm just waiting for you to get out of this. Like, the, I'm just waiting for you to turn 28. So you're we're in the 27. You're not in the 27 club. I'm, I'm ready for my son and return to be over to y'all as soon as it started. I was like, 2023, where are you at? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what's coming in 2023? So much magic. I mean, so much magic. It's going to be so good. I mean, God sex. God sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll definitely keep the people updated and informed about all the stuff that's happening. But I'm really excited about, um, yeah, just Jupiter moving into Pisces eventually is going to be a really, really cool time. And that we're going to get a preview of that in March this year. Cool. So that's going to be the best time of the year. It's going to be spring this year. Oh, um, cool. And then it's going to get a little bit more heavier and serious again in, in the summertime. And 2022 is going to get even more serious. So uh, March is going to be our little, like, preview from the universe of how good things are going to be to come mm. and that may just be true in your mac- microcosm that may not be true in your macrocosm but don't forget that you always have control over that too mm. you know totally it's important to remember during these times yeah you were saying all these i mean we've kind of had our heads in the clouds and not really been focusing on the news lately and like what's going on right. with people taking over the like going to the capital <laughs> and like it's just such a mess it's just like total shit show and embarrassing on so many levels but like it kind of you were just like oh this is just this is just the beginning of what's to come of some craziness helps yeah. me relax actually when you say that i'm like okay okay good yeah i obviously don't bear have the other effect bear no, witness bear witness bear witness watch these energies moving through people and that was next time on the podcast i'll get a little bit more specific with the, with the astrology so i can get some of the analytical minds that are doubting me out of the way yeah but yeah, like right. dates this year it was like you know, me and a couple other friends that stay up to date were like, okay, on this day, there's going to be the biggest riot because this is when there's this uh, square between Uranus and Mars and these energies express themselves like this. And it, mm. you know, without fail was wow. disgustingly accurate this wow. year. Um, and it, it does give you this like, 
it, it's like I almost want to hold more space for it because it's like they're really just like it's an energy that needs to express itself right now. Totally. Totally. Can't judge it. Yeah, you can't judge it. Um, some people have the arsenal energy and some people don't. Um, but yeah, you can have a completely blissed out, ecstatic, calm, beautiful, pure microcosm in the middle of a blood marred horror shit of a macrocosm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel guilty. I do. I'm too good at that. <laughs> yeah. um, but then it affects the macro. And I think, you know, yeah. like we can guilt trip ourselves about that process. But the reality is because we're all so connected. That's the work that is most heavily uh, affecting the gravitational forces of the consented truth at work. There you go. Right on. Done. Let's get out of here. Okay, cool. <laughs> Join that was us. fun. Join. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep doing this, and we might talk about you dying on ketamine because we'll, yeah. we'll have a cliffhanger. That's a good cliffhanger. Good cliffhanger. Yeah. We can talk about a lot of other shit. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cass has some shit to express. She does have some shit to express. Right? I have to write some fucking wrongs. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that on the afterglow. And yeah. that is on patreon.com slash church of chill. Join that. Hear our radio show, Church of Chill. We'll put see that show and join the Discord community. We're yeah. Mayor Chills. That's kinda how we met in a way. You know, yeah. that's kinda how we started like totally hanging out. Vibing. Yeah. Um and we'll put links to your podcast below and any cool. other links too, so people can get on the get get in the know. Cool. This is Mayor. Uh you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Peace and love. Peace and love. Just go.